Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. Welcome everybody into the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. Excited because we are in the middle of May and it's also championship week for two championships. Eric, you're headed out to our softball tournament in Seattle. Yeah, we're heading, headed in two different directions, Rachel. I'll be in Seattle. You'll be in Edinburgh. We'll start with the softball tournament, as we've talked about before on the podcast. It's only four teams this year. New Mexico State is our number one seed. They win the WAC regular season championship. Congratulations to Kathy Rodolph and the Aggies on, on I believe it's her sixth uh, WAC regular season championship. Uh, number two seed is Seattle U. It came right down to the final day. The Red Hawks are the number two seed, and they'll be the host. Number three is Grand Canyon. Number four is Utah Valley. And all these teams are capable of beating each other. I had a chance uh, last night as we taped this on uh, Tuesday, record this. There's not a videotape involved anymore uh, with the uh, coaches and, and the broadcast team. Uh, so I had a chance to uh, chat with each of the head coaches. Everybody has a really good chance. Only four teams, Rachel, so mathematically, there's a 25% chance that each team can win. And obviously, New Mexico State, Seattle, U would be considered the favorites going in. But Utah Valley is a team that uh, is the real wild card, I think, in this tournament. And also, Grand Canyon is a team that's had a lot of success over the years as well. So it'll be a, a quick tournament in terms of uh, softball, where we have uh, two games on Thursday, three games on Friday championship on Saturday with the if necessary game after that. So uh, a much smaller or shorter tournament than we've had in years past, but should be really good. And these teams are so different, Rachel, when you look at them, New Mexico State, I believe uh, Coach Rodolph said 18 freshmen on this year's team. And uh, Nikki Butler, who came back, was the WAC Player of the Year, had an outstanding uh, season in WAC play. She was the Triple Crown champion. She uh, led the league in batting average, home runs, and RBIs within a whack play. And also, they, they have some outstanding freshmen, obviously, with that many uh, that are playing key roles. And Coach Rodolph doing a fantastic job. They started 1-10 this year. Uh, they were on the road for, I believe, 37 days to start the season because of the uh, coronavirus. And they weren't allowed to practice initially in uh, Las Cruces and not able to play until you know later in the season. So... What a, uh, what a season it's been. Seattle, you figure being at home, uh, that'll be an advantage for them. Uh, I did get some bad news uh, it, during those calls, though, Rachel, uh, with Seattle U, uh, that uh, Nate's Chicken and Waffles, which is a place we've frequented uh, many times uh, during the soccer tournaments, did not make it through the pandemic. And that's right near the uh, softball stadium there. So uh, unfortunately for me, I will need to find some uh, more places to eat in that Seattle. Is tragic news first of all yes I have so many pictures inside of there oh my gosh you just kind of broke my heart there a little bit Eric but yeah owned by Nate Robinson the former NBA player and from the Seattle area there I went to the University of Washington and uh unfortunately for him I guess the the most famous thing that he, he's done recently is get knocked out by Jake Paul <laughs> and now and now his restaurant so yeah unfortunate and, and you know, our heart does go out to all these uh, businesses that have been lost during the pandemic, but that was one we, uh, we we went to quite a few times over the years. Oh, yes, that is definitely heartbreaking. I want to go back to softball really quick, Eric. For people who haven't been keeping up, why is the tournament only four teams this year? 
it's only four teams as, as we're uh, transitioning. Uh, so Tarleton, Dixie, CBU, all not eligible for the tournament this year. So we have seven teams that play WAC softball and only four eligible for the NCAA tournament. So that decision was made. Uh, we did get an exemption from the NCAA since there are only four teams that, that we were able to keep that automatic qualifier this year. Now, of course, next year with the four uh, Texas schools coming in, we'll have a much larger tournament. So it's kind of this in-between tournament this year where uh, last time we played, we had six when we still had Bakersfield, Kansas City in the league. This year, there's only four. Next year, could be looking at as, as many as eight teams in the tournament. So, uh, uh, of course, with all these changes, which are good, uh, but uh, it'll be a very different looking WAC softball next year. Lots of changes in the WAC, exciting things to come. And yeah, you mentioned earlier, I'm headed out to Edinburgh, Texas this week. I'll actually leave tomorrow. And it's looking like it's going to be a little bit wet out in yeah, Texas. We, you and I have talked about the weather for, for several weeks now where we we're expecting you to be battling 100 degree heat in Edinburgh and and how how's our equipment going to function in the heat. And now you're going to, it looks like you're going to have rain. In Edinburgh, I'm going to be in Seattle, which of course is known for rain and knock on wood, uh, no rain in the forecast for the tournament. We'll keep an eye out in Edinburgh for sure. Yeah. Wind and rain are on my, my future forecast. However, I will be rocking like 80 degree weather, which is pretty perfect. So I'm yeah. excited about that. Also to see all of the runners and the jumpers, like everybody who will be out there, there's always like Olympic qualifying times out there for championships. You know, we always see school records, I feel like. So I'm excited to see what can happen this upcoming week, but it should be and, a lot. And it'll of be interesting to see how the weather plays a factor. As you mentioned, wind mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like jumps and throws uh, that can always play a factor running, uh, depending which way the, the wind is blowing. If it's mm -hmm. uh, too strong of a wind, sometimes those times don't count. Uh, if you're jumping or, or you know, uh, sometimes it starts raining, obviously your footing's not going to be as good. So there's a lot of things to uh, be aware of there. And generally speaking, they will still continue a track meet, even if it's raining. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my former job uh, being in the RMAC, uh, in Colorado, we did have a track meet once in, in Gunnison in May, and as you can imagine, it snowed, and uh, we did have to uh, postpone one of the days. So I, I have seen a track meet postponed because of weather, but it doesn't happen very often. I think it's going to be full go unless we have thunder and lightning, then obviously Correct, they try yeah. to delay it for 30 minutes from the last strike. So. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Everybody can tune in on ESPN Plus for the majority of it. And then also Facebook Live, hopefully, as long as yeah, there's so, weather. So ESPN Plus on a Friday and Saturday. And those Thursday night on the WAC Digital Network. Yeah. Yeah. Thursday on the WAC Digital Network, Friday and Saturday, starting at 5 p.m. Central mm -hmm. Time. And our good friends, uh, Jonah Goldberg and Brian Smith, will be our broadcast team. We've had both guys on the uh, WAC podcast, Jonah, of course, uh, several times. And Brian, uh, the bested one. So we'll have to see if he wears a vest in the rain and 85 degree weather. We'll see great chemistry between the two. So you'll definitely want to tune in for that, everybody. And uh, our next championship, Eric, we've only got one more after these two, and that's baseball coming at the end of May. Baseball. And we had some really key games uh, this past week. We had Sacramento State visiting California Baptist. They wind up splitting that series. And then Grand Canyon sweeps Dixie State. So right now, on top of the WAC standings, eight at 23 and five, both Grand Canyon and California Baptist. And they don't play this week, Rachel, but to conclude the regular season, it's California Baptist 
in Grand Canyon. How fitting is that for uh, potentially the WAC championship for the regular season? Uh, CBU, as we've mentioned in other sports, they are not eligible for the WAC baseball tournament as they're transitioning from Division Two to Division One. would not be able to get that automatic bid if they won the tournament. So uh, this is a, a real big thing for them to try to win the regular season title outright. We saw a couple of years ago, remember, we had the three-way tie for the regular season championship and CBU was a part of that. So what a job they've done in, in that transition from D1 or D2 to D1. And, and also uh, Sacramento State, don't look now, Rachel, but 19 and 13, they would be the number two seed in the WAC tournament if it started today. And they have a lot of these guys, you look at the rosters, you know, Matt Smith and uh, Keith Torres and, and so many players that we've seen in the WAC tournament before and they've won several WAC tournaments. So could be uh, could be a lot of fun there as uh, UTRGV New Mexico State would also be in. And then there's actually uh, something to keep an eye on for that sixth spot right now uh, as six teams will qualify. Dixie and Tarleton also not eligible for the tournament. So Seattle, Northern Colorado, Utah Valley are all within about a, a, a game or two of each other. And uh, one of those teams will be the sixth seed in the tournament. And as we've seen before, Rachel, uh, anything can happen in the WAC tournament. I was just about to say that Sacramento State has taught us that anything can happen <laughs> in the WAG tournament as they won a few years ago as the sixth seed or seventh seed? Sixth? You know, I I, I'd, have to, I'd have to look that up, Rachel. I, I, I don't remember how, but I do know they lost in their first game last tournament yeah. and then had to win six to win the championship, including the if necessary game. And that's what they did against Grand Canyon. So uh, right now, as, as I mentioned, those are, would be the one and two seeds if the tournament started today. So anything could, uh, can happen. That's anything. why we played the game. Uh, we'll take a look at golf as well here. Uh, we had, or we will have Gabe Wisen on the podcast here in the next segment. Great conversation. So happy for him. He was able to get the individual championship at our men's golf championship in Nevada uh, 10 days ago, I want to say, maybe 12 yeah, days. Somewhere, right? Yeah, somewhere. You know, I'm losing track of all the dates, Rachel, but yeah, about uh, yeah, a week and a half ago. He was able to do that. So make sure you stick around for that conversation. But there's not just Gabe Lison for Utah Valley Golf. On the women's side, Victoria Estrada participated in her NCA regional this past week. Yeah, as we record this, they, uh, they had day one on Monday. We're, we're here on Tuesday, so she's probably on the course right now. She shot a 77 on day one. I know not the score she was necessarily looking for, uh, but New Mexico State also in that same regional as they won the uh, WAC Women's Golf Championship. They sit in 11th place, I believe out of 16 teams in the regional, and uh, Karen Miyamoto shot a 69 on day one, so she's at seventh place in the regional for the women. So that's at Stanford, of course, a, a powerhouse in, in uh, many sports, including golf. So uh, good luck to the Aggies and to Victoria Estrada for the remainder of that tournament. Yeah, good luck to them. And thanks for representing the WAC ladies. And we also have a new head coach in the WAC. So Shellis Hyman from GCU Men's Soccer announced he was retiring after this season. The Lopes did fall in the NCAA tournament. And now they have a new head coach. Leonard Griffin named head coach at GCU and, uh, uh, you know, Coach Heinemann, uh, we mentioned, I think, 40 years as a head coach. Uh, Leonard Griffin is 38 years old, so uh, a, a little different uh, approach, I would imagine, uh, from uh, Coach Griffin, but uh, had been at the University of uh, San Francisco and, and had a lot of success. Uh, also uh, played at UCLA and also had a, a professional 
uh, playing career as well. So I know they are very excited to be getting uh, Coach Griffin at GCU to lead their men's soccer program. We'll be excited to see what he does in the upcoming years. And then Eric, the next person we're going to talk about, it's been a couple of years since he was in the WAC. However, he's accomplished a lot in that time. Uh, I guess even though they've won an NBA championship, we're talking about the Toronto Raptors and Pascal Siakam. However, they were just eliminated, I believe, last night, Eric, but he still had a pretty good Mother's Day. Yeah, I saw this story uh, on ESPN, Rachel, where uh, Pascal uh, bought a home for his mom, uh, gave it to her uh, on Mother's Day. And, you know, what a great Mother's Day story. What a great, uh, uh, you know, act that is to, to be able to buy your, your mom a home. Of course, uh, his dad passed away in, in 2014. Uh, before he got into the WAC, he was the 2016 WAC Player of the Year, and, and uh, a lot of tragedy in his family. So to be able to to do this for his his mom is such a one of those uh, heartwarming stories. So uh, we we retweeted it. So if you want to check that out on our on our Twitter page, or if you want to see more uh, on either ESPN or Toronto Raptors, uh, that there's several stories on, on this. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really good story that Pascal was able to do that beautiful house and hopefully they enjoy all the memories that come with it that's going to do it for our part of the WAC podcast but next up we're going to have Gabe Lyson on again the WAC men's golf individual championship a great conversation you're not watching you're not going to want to miss out on Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil coming at you with Gabe Lison, the Utah Valley Individual Champion for Men's Golf. Gabe, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Of course. We talked a little bit before this call started, but how, how are you riding the high now heading into regionals? Yeah, so pretty much once the conference ended, I was, you know, I was still very confident and just on that winning high, and I just transferred all of that energy into what I need to do to prepare for regionals, uh, kind of analyze my whole aspect of my game, tee shots, approach shots, wedge shots, putting, and kind of looked at, okay, tee shots and putting are the strongest parts of my game, so I'm going to keep that going every day, but then really focus in on a couple key wedge shots and just a little bit of a bunker play just to help me kind of advance that game, because if I think of all those areas – kind of combine into one. I know my game can excel on any course in any environment anywhere. Gabe, let's uh, back up about uh, 10 days or so to the WAC championships uh, yeah. in Boulder City, Nevada. Uh, you go in, uh, you're, you shoot a 65 in round one, I believe the best round of the entire tournament. Did you have an idea that, uh, that that's how things were going to start off for you? I actually did not. One thing I did know is I knew the weather was going to pick up on Saturday and possibly be still there on Sunday. So I knew that Friday I believe it was the only day that I had to go low. And I just gave myself every opportunity. I studied the course for a week before. And then once I got the pin sheets, I was able to really see and visualize where the holes were going to be. And I just saw myself playing well, going low. It was actually, that was my tied best career or best score of my entire career. And in the moment, I didn't know anything. I was just trying to give myself opportunity after opportunity, and the putter really contributed. Um, after I changed up a bunch of putting things coming off the Chambers event a few weeks back, and it just excelled tremendously, and it just allowed me just to kind of get on that confidence high and keep rolling, rolling through it. And next thing I know is I finished, and I was 65, and 
And that, that was when I started thinking about it beforehand. I was just kind of just in the moment, just trying to give myself as many opportunities as possible. For somebody who may not know golf, the game of golf, how yeah. do you describe studying? You know, most people just assume you show up to the course, you hit some balls. So you say you study, what exactly are you studying? Yeah. So I would go on like Google earth or I would look on flyovers online. So I would look at the layout of the course and I'd see, okay, this is, you know, this is the shot shape that's going to probably be required here. Um, and then just kind of do that all day and do that constantly every single day. So when I get there, I'm not in a new environment. I've kind of already put myself in that environment. And then on top of that, we, our coaches and many other schools have a book called Straka, which gives us layouts of the holes, carry distances, and then also green reading abilities. So I look at that you know, days prior and really see, okay, this is what's going to be required here. So when I go into the practice round, I can really kind of try those shots out and see how they're going to work. And my game was in an excellent shape swinging wise. So I just kept giving myself great tee shots. And as the practice round went on, I just kind of built that confidence of this is actually going to be it. Like this is my last scheduled event. This is where I'm going to compete. And there was nothing going to be my way. We're talking with Gabe Wisen, the individual medalist from uh, men's golf. He'll be heading to the NCAA regionals next week in Washington. Uh, Gabe, going back to that 65, which is a number I can't even fathom there. You're, you put the target on your back day one. You shoot a 71 day two, another really nice round. Then day three for the championship, uh, you're in the final group of the day. Yeah. Do you have an idea what some of the other golfers had done that day and what score you needed to be the champion? So I actually did it. And one thing I don't like to do is find out from my coach or know where I'm at in the leaderboard because I love just to play the, play the course. So actually after round one, Garrison was leading by one. After round two, he was still leading by one from New Mexico State. And I knew that that put the pressure on him. So I became the hunter and he was the hunted. And I love that because I had no pressure. I wasn't had anything to sleep on. And I was like, I'm going out here and I have an ambition and a goal. And the final round, as it went on, I had a couple hiccups. I mean, I was like 11, I doubled 11 and I knew that hurt. I didn't really know where that put me, but I was just like, look, you got two par fives. We're just going to try to get this back to even par, maybe one under. And my coach was right there with me the whole time. Just gave you just need pars. You know, after I kept getting a couple of birdies on, I believe it was 13 and 16. He just kept telling me pars, pars. And I kind of had an idea. I was in the lead or near the lead and I didn't know exactly where I was and it wasn't down till the 18th hole when it was a super hard crosswind off the left side with that a really split fairway of hazard left, having middle and hazard right. And I just hit a hard tee shot up the left side and put myself in the best position. And after I hit that second shot into the green to 10 feet, that's when I asked my coach, okay, where do I stand? And he said, you have a one shot lead. And I had a 10 footer to two putt. And that's when I was just like, can't let it settle in now. I kept fighting, kept fighting. And once I hit that putt up to about five inches, I knew I had secured the win because I'm not going to miss that putt. And I tapped it in and that's when everything kind of just dawned on me and filled me with joy. And my team crashed, crashed the green when it was just, it was remarkable. It was going to be kind of my next question for you in that moment, after you hit that putt, what was the first thing that went through your mind? I was kind of still in a little bit of a shell shock. I just went like, I just tell myself, you did it. Like all this training, all this work ethic and, the entire round, I knew I was like in the lead or tied for the lead. And I could tell on 17 when they moved the scorers up and they also had the camera guy show up. I could tell, okay, this is showing, this is a sign of something. So you're doing good things, you know, keep fighting, don't give up, keep fighting. And 
once I finished, I just looked at my coach and I just like yelled, I did it. Like, this is what I trained for. And it was my last scheduled event. I don't have it like next year. I don't have another year to come back and try to win it. Like all that work kind of just settled in. And then once all of my teammates, all the boys ran on, it was just like, it was kind of just like a party, just like, you know, the NBA championships when they celebrate, it was just filled with a feeling that I haven't been filled with before. Whenever you see Justin Guzman was our uh, camera guy, whenever you yes. see him show up, you know, something big is about to happen. We're talking I with do. Gabe Lison from Utah Valley. Gabe, the other thing playing in that final group, you're playing with New Mexico State and Grand Canyon, and they're having, you know, a, a battle to the, the bitter end to see who the team champion is. Does that factor in? Uh, does that add to the, uh, the whole emotion of, of what's going on there? Not quite, because I didn't really know where anyone was at. The only thing I did knew is when I was on the 18th green, I could overhear the GCU coach and his player talking, and they did say how this putt was to tie to tie the lead. And I heard that and kind of listened to it, but I was so focused on just keeping my 10-footer within a tap-in range that I kind of – anything, any outside force, anyone standing around the green, I kind of just eliminated in my head. I was only focused on that one putt, and I didn't let anything distract me, defer me offline do anything like that right until right until I had the opportunity to putt and I was like this is your chance just hit it up there either try to make it or just put yourself a nice tap in and it was just the whole day in the moment anything any outside factor or force I eliminated completely eliminated people watching the like the wind and everything I just like this none of this is going to defer me away from what my goal is today and that's the win and you know some people like to see where they are on the leaderboard but that's something I don't because I like to play the golf course I don't like to play competitors or anything like that because if I start playing against them, they may start to play bad and then I'll play bad with them. So I want to play like I have a game plan every single day and I just stick to that. I stuck to that until I pretty much made that five incher on 18. And that's when I kind of look back through everything like, wow, it was actually a bottle down to the end. I didn't run away with this. It was a one shot victory and I gave it everything my all, especially when those wins picked up on that back nine. That was that's when it got really, really tough, and I just hit the shots that counted. In your opinion, which day was the hardest? Definitely Saturday, the second day. That's when the winds, because we prepared for the winds to be from the north, northwest. And so I was, when I visualized that, I visualized, okay, these shots are going to be into the wind. It's going to be a lot tougher. You're going to have to hit longer, longer shots. And then Saturday was a completely different wind. And I know, I know there was weather advisories, and they were getting up to like 30-mile-an-hour winds. So I just told myself the night before, look, it's going to be hard out there. Like it's going to be tough. No matter what happens, you cannot let anything change your course of action. And I honestly played better than I thought I would have in that win. I kept it right around par one under and just, I was like, look, you just got to get on the green and two, and then your putter will do the work. And it did that all day. And I just kept building on that confidence. And when I finished, I think the only two lowest rounds, I think were 71 or maybe a 70. And I knew that the field, it was just a battle out there. And being able to just still be one back going into the final round was the perfect perfect place I want to be in because I didn't have that pressure of in the lead. And I became the hunter, like I said, and not the hunted. So I had more fuel in my tank to go after, to go after Garrison and then go after a specific uh, score to help me win. Gabe, well, you're a graduate student uh, this year. Uh, obviously, last year, the, the season gets canceled. Was there any yeah. thought that you wouldn't come back to Utah Valley for that, for that extra year? Or did you know all along that this was the plan? Oh, this was the plan from the start. I knew the second that our, I was very bummed when our season got scheduled. And I, once I found out the NCAA was allowing another year, 
you know, I told my coach, you know, no matter, he asked me if what my plans were and everything. And I said, I'm coming back no matter what, you know, I've been a, been a leader on this team and uh, in the captain's role. And I was like, I'm not going to give up now. I'm a, I'm, I'm a play until NCAA tells me you can't play no more. So that was, my, that was my plan from the beginning. My apologies. I was going to say though, for a lot of people, golf is an individual game. I think when you look at college golf, it's totally different than any other type of golf. Like that sounds so weird to say, but I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. How sure. do you approach being a leader of a team sport that's also very individualized? Yeah. So one thing I do is I've really focused in on the mental aspect and visualization. So I try to help that my teammates kind of see that before the round, I'll tell them a quote or I'll send them meditation videos at night. Um, our, uh, our mental coach, Doc Woods helps me out with this. And I, you know, I send them things and I say, watch this, do this. So like when they wake up in the morning and they have a video that they need to watch helps relax their body. And then, you know, on the way to the course, you know, I try to tell them a couple of things here and there and on the range. And right before we go, I always make sure I tell them, good luck. You got this. And don't let, don't like, I pretty much just like, don't let a shot get you ahead. Everything just to help them it ultimately comes down to them to decide how they'll play. But I try to do everything I can just to kind of give them a little spark before the round to get everyone going in the right direction. Gabe, the uh, Golf Channel did the selection show last week in New Mexico State who, who won the WAC tournament. They're going to be going to Albuquerque. But yeah. uh, you as an individual, since you went, won the WAC tournament, you get to go to the NCAA regionals as well. They send you to, to a different regional, which is in the state of Washington. Yes. And you happen to be from Washington. So I do. Do you know the area? Do you know the course? Have you played it before? What, what were your thoughts getting to go back home for the regionals? Oh, being able to go selected in Washington was remarkable. Uh, I have actually not been able to play the course, but there are three courses in the property. Um, so I've played the two others, just Tumble Creek's a very exclusive country club that no one can really get out to unless you live on the property. So I wasn't able to play there, but I've been actually out to the course one time just to walk, uh, actually not walk, I just walk a hole or two, but I play phenomenally well at the other two courses and just in that mountainous environment. Um, it's in the rolling hills of in the middle of the Cascade Range in Washington, which is very, very beautiful and just a place that I love to be. Um, I've grew up, I kind of grew up going there throughout my lifetime. So it's a place I'm very comfortable in and very excited to be. And I feel like it's a blessing that I was able to be selected and have some family members and friends come out and support. And with their support, that's going to give me more fuel and more fire in the tank to go out and take this to nationals. Well, Gabe, thank you so much. And congratulations again. And the entire WAC staff will be cheering you on while you're in Washington as well. Thank you. I really appreciate it. That is Gabe Lysen, our WAC Men's Golf Player of the Year. And I wanted to thank you for joining us on the WAC Podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be another true test down in regionals. You're going to see me slowly pulling through and get it done, and then we'll have uh, another conversation before the national championship. That's what we love to hear. Thank you again, Gabe. Thank you. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at waxsports.com.